This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. At Likeable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. So contact us today by visiting likeable.com. All the social ladies, 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 all the social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am really honored to have Amy Binder here with me today. Amy Binder is the CEO of New York City-based RF Binder. For close to 30 years, Amy Binder has been committed to bringing new and innovative thinking to the public relations field. Since founding RF Binder in 2001, Amy has focused on working with major corporations, brands, government organizations, destinations, and institutions on corporate reputation and brand marketing assignments. Previously, she was president of the Americas for the Ruder Finn Group, where she, along with her father, David Finn, and her siblings, built the company into one of the largest independent public relations agencies in the world. And I am thrilled to speak with her today. So welcome, Amy. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome to have you here. And, you know, Actually, before we start, I would love I would love for you to tell us a little bit um, of your story, just how you kind of came into this field and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, um, my father was one of the founders of Ruder Finn, but he founded it with his brother-in-law, who was my uncle, uh, Bill Ruder. And so that's sort of where my story uh, begins, because I grew up in the family where public relations was obviously always around. I remember as a child, you'd go to school and they ask you what your parents do, and most of the kids had parents who were doctors, lawyers, accountants. Right. And I used to say public relations, and people would say, what is public relations? <laughs> um, nobody knew what it was. And so I used to say, well, you know what the public is? That's what relationships are, is public relationships. And so that's sort of where how I first started to explain what public relations was. But I graduated from college, and I actually graduated as a photographer. I went to Brown, but studied at RISD, um, and worked as a freelance photographer for a number of years, and then was up in Boston. I had just gotten married. My ex-husband was a doctor. He was never around, and I said, you know, I need an office job. What do I know how to do? So I got myself a job with a public relations agency and worked up there for a while, and came down to the city of New Rochelle and worked there, and then decided to go join my father. Uh, in his company, along with my siblings. And then in the mid-90s, went back and got an MBA at Columbia Business School and said, you know, I really, we could have another offering as part of the Rudolphin Group, and I'd like to start my own agency, be a boutique agency and a large agency. Um, and that's what I did in 2001. I also, at that time, saw the real opportunity for what we didn't think of it as digital then. We really thought of that the way the Internet was changing the world that we lived in. Right. Um, I thought digital technology was going to change public relations very much the way television had changed advertising 50 years earlier. And, you know, it's absolutely true. I think that it's changed our world completely, and it's an important part of, of what Arc Binder is all about. 
So tell me a little bit about that. It's fascinating to me that you kind of grew up within this public relations agency and then you joined it um, with your dad and your siblings and your family. I know that you speak quite often on working in a family business. And since, of course, I founded my company with my husband, Dave, I am always curious to hear, you know, some of the do's and don'ts around that. So I I would love to hear that about people thinking about going into a family business. It's funny, my daughter's in business school, and she just went to a symposium uh, with a top guy who does a lot of thinking about this. And one of the things he says is, is it's communications, communications, and communications. And, and I think that's true. I think often what happens is that people take the kind of communications that they have in their home when they go into a family business and bring that into the business place. And we don't communicate the same way with our parents and our siblings or our children. And we, when we deal with business colleagues, we treat them differently and we think mm-hmm. about them differently. And so I think that it's a challenge because family relationships do come into the workplace, and I think that makes it uh, an interesting um, opportunity as well as a challenge. And I think that the most critical thing is, is to be upfront about problems and issues. Um, I, I teach a class, a friend of mine teaches a course, and I always go up for a class at Columbia Business School. Um, I always make everyone in the room go around, and, and most of the people, 80% of the people are thinking about going into the family business. Many of them are from other countries, mm. a lot from, from Asia. And, you know, I ask them to tell me about their parents and their siblings and the kinds of challenges they had growing up, and do they think they'd have those same challenges in the workplace? Because they don't go away. And so I think it's important for people to to think about those type of issues. How do you get along with your parents who you're going to go join? How do you get along with your siblings? Are you able to talk through problems? Um, do you have clearly defined jobs? Are you going to all be treated exactly the same way, or are you going to be allowed to really move up as you are worthy of moving up? Or are your parents going to say, oh, all my children are the same if there's more than one sibling? So I think family businesses can be absolutely wonderful. There's nothing better than, because it's not about money when you're in a family business. It's about passion and building something that you love. Um, But it's really fraught with problems and challenges and issues that are different than the normal workplace. And it's important to think about that before you step into it. Totally agree. And you mentioned that you sensed that digital and kind of the internet was going to disrupt the PR industry similarly to how television did uh, in the advertising space. So talk to me a little bit about how you think social media specifically has impacted the PR industry. So, you know, I think social media is changing the traditional roles for all the participants in communications, our clients, agencies, their target audiences, the consumer, B2B customers. So this is changing the role that everyone has. And, and part of that is because there's a blurring of lines that yeah. separate advertising from editorial. Um, and I, I, people don't know anymore when they go online, you know, whether or not it's editorial or whether or not somebody's paid for it. Yeah. Um, it's also empowered word of mouth. I, I remember being in a meeting with a client you know, about 2002, and this was a no-calorie sweetener, and, and the client um, said, we have some incredibly passionate advocates out there. How do we get them to talk on our behalf? Well, in 2002, it was pretty difficult. Yep. Today, it's not so hard. It's right. pretty easy. Right. So word of mouth is, is easier than ever before. Um, and it's made public opinion more influential than ever before. When I look at the world, the world used to consist of 
if you will, two sets of influences, friends and family, word yep. of mouth. And then there were the, the, the more elite influencers, media, academics, um, experts. But today what you've got is, first of all, the word of mouth is empowered. Yep. In, in a way that never been had before, but you even have a whole new group of influencers, digital influencers that don't exist anywhere except for online. They build incredibly powerful, interested, engaged followers, sometimes up to a million people. So we've had a whole, you know, emergence of a new layer of um, influences that we never had before. So I think it's just changed the way we think about everything, everything. Uh, and it was interesting. I don't know if you saw, but a uh, a couple of weeks ago, Stuart Elliott had a, uh, a column um, on the Council of Public Relations firm, was, which was having a meeting, it was actually pretty incredible, to help its members try to figure out how to remain relevant in an age of social media, right. word-of-mouth marketing, yeah. and just in pursuit of buzz. And, and I, was, I couldn't believe it. I, I don't think public relations agencies have to stay relevant. I think they're more relevant than ever before. I mean, social media has moved what we do from a one-way communication model where the primary participants are reporters, editors, producers, third-party experts, to a free-flowing conversation where everyone and anyone can and has a voice. We can speak directly to anyone. I mean, as we talk look at the paid, earned, social, and owned, I mean, we have the ability for the first time to have conversations with people that matter to us in a way we just never had before. So I think public relations could have an enormous influence on word of mouth and public opinion as long as there's something meaningful to say. I absolutely love that. And the thought that why would PR be irrelevant at all? If anything, it's more relevant than ever. It's, it's absolutely. just at such an, such an interesting take on it because maybe people are very stuck in the old school PR way and aren't really thinking of uh, the new form of PR, which clearly you've adapted early and often. That must mean that social media is then very important to your clients. Tell me a little bit about how big of the focus. So now uh, when you're a PR agency and you work with a client, how big of the focus is social in that? Well, you know, it's funny. So we don't really separate out traditional and social. I mean, I I say to people, you know, you start with the traditional, and if we're looking at the media world, then it's it's traditional media, which is in the physical world, but it's online, and then you've got bloggers, and then you have all your social outlets. It all starts with the content, and every one of those is is a channel to take that content through. So for us, it, it really is relevant to every client, even those in regulated industries, Sometimes we have problems with lawyers who are a little uncomfortable with tweeting something out or, you know, putting something on LinkedIn or Facebook, meaning financial services or healthcare. But, but even those, I think, you know, in the SEC rule that you could tweet out quarterly earnings reports, and that was probably over a year ago, you know, that kind of changed the dynamic. And I think that uh, people began to realize that if you don't engage social, the social, it's going to engage with you, and and then you're going to be behind the eight ball. And speaking of never wanting to be behind the eight ball, how difficult is it to stay innovative in the social space and figure out what's next? You know, things change so quickly. How do you guys do that, and and any recommendations for that? Uh, I tell you, it's interesting. I actually think that it's wonderful to be right at the cutting edge, but clients never 
start use something first. They want to see other people use it. So yes, you know, we attend conferences and we're constantly reading and we're, you know, looking, searching online for new platforms and tools. Um, those keep us competitive. But in fact, I don't worry about that for my clients so much because it's like the old story. If a restaurant opens up, the only one to open up across the street from another restaurant. Right. Because they've already created the traffic. Right. You know, I think that most brands, even in the B2C space, they want to be creative, but they don't have to be first. Wow. That is a great point. And and also so realistic, I think. I think it's so often we all say uh, in social, like, oh, we have to be first on this network or first on this network. But in reality, when you look at clients and what they're willing to do, quite often it's really they don't want to be first. They want to be, you know, once it's proven, I think is a really good point. Yeah, we often say you got to strike the right balance between walking before you run and not being left behind. Yeah. So you don't have to be the first one there, but, you know, Look and watch and see what a couple of people have done, and if it works, then you're not the one first one out there. But you're, but you may be the best one out there. Totally. And when you're measuring the success of a social campaign, do you measure it similarly to how you would have measured, you know, more of your traditional PR, or do you look at a different set of metrics for it? So what we do again, since it's continuous, it starts with a piece of content. So we're not separating out. Um, necessarily what's happening on Twitter. We're going to say, okay, we have this white paper we put out. How did the white paper do? But we always start with KPIs, um, and we say, what, what, is, what are the KPIs for this engagement? And then we'll say, okay, based on the KPIs, what are the best social media platforms? Something might be appropriate for LinkedIn, but not for Facebook. Um, you know, what's going to help us deliver on those KPIs? Uh, and, and then we do use a number of multi-platform analytical tools to measure and report on the successful de- delivery of that channel. So it, it, it starts with what are we looking to achieve, how are we going to measure it based on that, what's the best platform, and then let's see how successful we were using that platform. And Amy, you have years and years of experience doing this and of leading an agency I would love to know what skill set you think is important for a career in PR. What do you look for when you're hiring the next star? Well, I'll start by saying what I don't look for, and that is a major in public relations. I am not interested in people who have degrees in public relations. Awesome. People get mad at me when I say that. But, you know, I, I, we in an agency, we you know this too, we can teach everybody what they need to know. It's not brain surgery. Yep. What what we're looking for is people who are creative, people who have great intellectual curiosity, um, people who, you know, are interested in finding new and different solutions. I was raised in a family where my father used to say to me that our job started when someone said no, because if it was easy to accomplish a, ta- a task, they wouldn't need an agency. So if it's a reporter or if it's um, an academic that you want to talk to or a financial analyst, when they say, no, I'm not interested, okay, our job is to go figure out how to get them engaged and to get them interested. So someone's got to have a can-do attitude. Uh, so there's curiosity, there's creativity, there's a sense of trying to not stopping when the door gets shut in your face but going on and figuring out how you're going to make it work. Wow. So does the degree in PR hurt you when applying for you, do you think, or does it not hurt or help? It's neutral. It's um, neutral. But, but I'm much more interested in, in people who have history degrees or art degrees or you know, engineering degrees or anything that, that could have an impact on the kind of thinking that they're going to do. Yep. yep. 
And Amy, is it important for you when you're looking at somebody you're going to hire or looking at somebody who's emerging into the space, how important is it that they have um, sort of a personal brand, that they're displaying thought leadership? We hear a lot about this, about your personal brand, personal brand, personal brand. And these kids, as they're coming through college, you know, are really, obviously, everything is online, their whole digital footprint. So they're needing to protect, you know, certain elements about them and then showcase others. How important is that, do you think, in today's day and age? Well, I don't think it's necessarily important for them to have a personal brand. I do think it's important for them to be engaged. If I met a young person who wasn't using social media in any way, shape, or form, that'd be a little weird. Um, but it was funny. My, my my daughter's in her second year of business school, and she just went for an interview. And someone said in the interview, "How do you feel if you do something, but somebody else takes credit for it?" And her comment was, "Well, that happens to your consulting firm. She said that happens all the time. You know, it's not a matter of who gets credit." But it's a matter of getting the job done and getting it done in the best way. So, you know, in fact, sometimes if a person has too strong of a personal brand, they're not looking to be part of a team. And I think team orientation is very important because, you know, it, it sometimes a team does a better job than a, than a person on their own. And so I think that there has to be a balance between that personal brand and being part of a team and letting others take credit for work that you might do. So in looking at, you know, these women, especially for all the social ladies who are up and coming, who want to get into our space, um, it, what advice would you give to them? First of all, you, you, a couple things. One is you have to be engaged with social and digital media today. I mean, it's impossible. If I, again, if I said that I met a 22, 23-year-old who had never been on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Instagram, I think it was a little weird. They're disconnected from the world that they're living in. Um, but I also think that they have to know what's going on in the world from a sense of politics and um, socially and culturally. Yep. So I, I think that someone needs to be engaged in the world that we're living in on many fronts because it is only if you have that kind of perspective that you can figure out how to communicate in the context in which we're living, and that's, after all, what we're doing. We're communicating in a context, in a time, at a moment. And you have to understand what that moment is like in order to be able to do a good job communicating. Absolutely. And so you've had tremendous success with RF Bender and, you know, really watching you guys and the amazing work that you do. What's next for you? Well, I think, I, I think there's a real opportunity for public relations firms in this merging of the different lines between advertising and all forms of, of marketing and communication. Um, so while five years ago, if you'd asked me whether or not we'd go into paid media, I might say, I'm not sure. Today, we're, we're already doing it, yep. um, particularly digitally, and I we're creating a whole studio here. Um, you need to be able to, to do that more and more. So I, I think that any form of communications is where we're going to be, and that's where we're moving over the next five years. It's really wonderful to hear your perspective, Amy, and I, I love listening to somebody who's really, you know, from growing within a, this family-run now behemoth and, and starting your own uh, company and growing it and really adapting with the times. It's just totally been a pleasure and such a great, um, just such great insight for me just as a young agency owner uh, who is up and coming and watching what people like you have done. And, and just thank you so much for paving the way. 
Well, thank you, and I'm, I'm, it's wonderful to see women who are running. I know you didn't you didn't start it on your own, but you're running it on your own, and that's yep. the most important thing. So that's that's fabulous. Awesome, thanks, Amy. And Amy, where okay. should people follow you? They can go to you know our website our, and see what we're doing there. That's the best way. Of, oh, Google me. That's the best way of following me. Awesome, awesome. All right, Amy. Thank you Great. so much. Thank you. You've been listening to all the social ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast was brought to you by Likable Media. At Likable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. Visit likable.com for more information today.